Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. Would you think that if the creator of the universe were to come to this planet in power and glory, that things would change, especially on the earth? You better believe it, Will. And in today's program, we're going to have a little more information on that point as we continue to learn Zechariah. Our series is entitled... The Coming King, Understanding the Book of Zechariah, a verse-by-verse audio commentary as part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. As we explore Zechariah, we're in the final chapter, and this is an amazing, action-packed chapter, because it speaks of the final conflict of good and evil, basically what we call Armageddon. God's victory in this battle, God coming down, his feet standing on the Mount of Olives, and of course, setting up his reign on earth. With this, one of the things we'll see is that there will be changes on earth, topographical changes. We've already read one of them in Zechariah 14 verse 4, but we're going to learn a little bit more as we continue on learning this great book. Now, when we say topographical changes, the Bible does allude to this where it speaks of Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain, because of the glory of the Lord. Now, if the glory of the Lord brings this kind of change of lowering the mountains, raising up the valleys, straightening out crooked roads, and smoothing out all the potholes, how much more the actual presence of God will bring these things to pass? Let me give you an example. Our range today of verses is Zechariah 14, verses 4 to 9. And one of these verses says this, verse 8, And it shall be in that day that living water shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea, and half of them toward the hinder sea. In summer and in winter shall it be. That verse alone is telling us something phenomenal. Remember that Jerusalem itself is a water-challenged city. Its only source of water locally is a little karstic spring called Gihon that technically only flows part of the time. That was Jerusalem's sole indigenous source of water. And the other source of water was rain, which was collected in cisterns, particularly during the Old Testament period, but it continued on having cisterns afterward. Then in the New Testament period, they managed to pipe water from Solomon's Springs in the south near Bethlehem. Having said that, Jerusalem hasn't had lots of water. And yet, when God comes down, look what will happen. There will be living waters coming out of Jerusalem. And the living waters are going to go both to the Mediterranean as well as to the Dead Sea. And we'll look at this in more detail later. But what we're going to see in this range of verses, Zechariah 14, 4 to 9, that God and the saints are coming. We know that when Christ returns in the book of Revelation chapter 19, he comes with the armies of heaven. But we also believe that he comes with his saints. 
And this phrase, the Lord is coming with the saints, is used more than once in Scripture. I know in Jude it is mentioned, as well as here in Zechariah. Because after all, once the Lord comes, we go up to meet him in the clouds, and we're going to ever be with him. We're not going to be separated anymore. So where he is, after that, we will be also. The saints will be there. We learn in this range of verses that God will be the light. He will be such a bright light, you won't actually even need the sun and the moon and the stars. That even the evening will be light. Because especially when we get into the eternal state, there will neither be day or night. It will always be daytime in that sense. And you won't need the sun in the eternal state because God will be the light for us all. I've already alluded to the living waters that will come. And then verse 9, the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. Friends, I can't think of anything more wonderful and exciting than having God come and be king over all the earth. Let's now read that portion of scripture to which our lesson is about. And our lesson is called Changes on the Earth. Our range of scriptures is Zechariah 14 verses 4 to 9. Again, I'm going to be reading from Zechariah 14 verses 4 to 9. Let's listen carefully to God's wonderful word. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. And ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Uzzah. Yea, ye shall flee like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light, and it shall be in that day that living water shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea, and half of them toward the hinder sea in the summer and in the winter shall it be. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. I've been reading from Zechariah chapter 14, verses 4 to 9. Remember, our lesson is called Changes on the Earth. Now, I did speak about Zechariah 14, verse 4 in the previous lesson, but it bears repeating. First of all, let's remember that it's the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day journey by foot from Jerusalem, meaning it's walking distance. Though, to go from the Mount of Olives into the old city of Jerusalem, you have to descend into the Valley of Kidron, also known as the Valley of Jehoshaphat. It was from the Mount of Olives in Acts chapter 1 that Jesus Christ ascended to heaven. A very momentous event to say the least, but that was it. He ascended to heaven and nothing else happened. This time, when Jesus returns and his feet stand in that day on the Mount of Olives, All kinds of things will happen. And what we see is that the mountain will move. We always told that if we had faith, the grain of a mustard seed, mountains would move. And in this case, (laughs) it really will happen. One of the most famous mountains in the whole world, the Mount of Olives. It will cleave in the middle to the east 
and to the west, and in the middle will be a great valley. But that's not all. Half of the mountain will then start moving to the north, and half of the mountain will start moving to the south. This is the beginning of great topographical changes that will happen on this planet when the Lord returns. Then it gets even more interesting. Verse 5 tells us, And ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel, yea, ye shall flee, like as ye fled from before at earthquake, or the earthquake, in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord shall come, and all his saints with thee. That's a pretty lengthy verse, and there's a whole lot to be said there. So let's focus on this valley. This valley, which I believe is referring to the one at the Mount of Olives in the previous verse. There will be those who will flee to this valley of mountains, just as people fled in the days of the earthquake of the time of Uzziah, king of Judah. Now, this earthquake was so powerful, so memorable, that it's mentioned at least twice in the Old Testament. Here in Zechariah, also in Amos chapter 1 and verse 1. Now, since God is coming with the armies of heaven, with him, and of course, when we say God, we mean the Son of God, Jesus, Revelation 19, verse 14, remember that the saints will also be with him in that day. So this is a very action-packed period of human history because Bible prophecy is finding its fulfillment and indeed its culmination in these amazing verses that Zechariah gives us. And these are given to us at the tail end of his prophetic book, chapter 14, last chapter. But then we learn some more. In verse 6, it tells us, And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark. Even though we're talking about changes on the earth, we're actually learning things about God himself. Now, first thing we should know about God, apart from the fact that God is love, 1 John 4 and verse 8, we also learn in that same epistle of 1 John, chapter 1, verse 5, that God is light. God is love. God is light. In John 4, when Jesus speaks to the woman of Samaria at the well, he even says God is a spirit or God is spirit. So we learn about the character of God through scripture, but here we're focused on the fact that he is light. And remember, not only is God light, but Jesus Christ himself is light. In John eight twelve, he says, I am the light of the world. And then there's even more. Not only is God light and Christ light, but in that day, which is a phrase used a lot in the latter part of Zechariah's prophecy. In that day, the light will not be clear nor dark. So what is happening here? It appears that God is preparing something very, very special that will happen on earth in the days ahead. We're actually now told in Zechariah 14 verse 7 that there will be this amazing phenomena of light from supernatural sources. Let me read that verse to you. But it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. When the evening turns to light, and it's not from normal light sources, then you know it's coming from God, and that the light of His shines more brightly, more wonderfully, more permanently than anything else that can be. We know that in Revelation, and I've alluded to it before, that in the eternal state, there will be no need 
for sun or moon, because God himself will be the light. We're heading towards that whole notion, uh, the fact that really our permanent home is not in the clouds of heaven. Our permanent home is on earth, but it will be a new earth, just as there'll be a new heaven, and it will have some major differences. Uh, Not just a makeover, but shall we call it a renovation by fire, as alluded to in 2 Peter chapter 3. So this new earth is going to have a new look. And part of the new look is that the light will be in the evening, evening light. God is going to, how should we say it? knows when this special day shall come. There will neither be day nor night. Instead, it will come to pass that the evening will be just like the day, because God will be a light for us all. Let's go to verse 8 of Zechariah 14, and it shall be in that day. Amazing. I have just did a word search, and that phrase, in that day, is used no less than 21 times in the book of Zechariah. Let me repeat that. The phrase, in that day, is used 21 times in the book of Zechariah. Are we getting the message here? This book is about the last days and about the coming king. So let's look at verse 8. Verse 8 speaks about, and it shall be in that day that living water shall go out from Jerusalem half of them toward the former sea, half of them toward the hinder sea, in the summer and in the winter shall it be. Now, living water coming from Jerusalem is alluded to in Psalm 46, verse 4, Ezekiel 47, 1 to 12, Joel 3, verse 18. I mean, this is good news. And the fact that it's repeated so much means it shall surely be established and come to pass. Since the holy city is on a watershed anyway, Whenever it rains, part of the water will flow to the Mediterranean, and the other part will flow to the Dead Sea. Mediterranean is to the west, and the Dead Sea is to the east. Although I might add that in Hebrew, the Dead Sea is never called the Dead Sea. It's called the Salt Sea. This living water will flow in summer and winter. This is a very significant point, because normally in the summer, there's no rain. And in the winter, there can be what is called the rainy season. But in this new dispensation, which we call the millennium, there will be not just topographical changes, but meteorological changes, so that the water-challenged city of Jerusalem will now have abundant living water flowing in key directions. Let's focus on the last verse for this lesson, Zechariah 14, verse 9, a verse that should encourage and warm the hearts of all true believers. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth, In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. I mean, this in one sense could be the key verse of the entire book of Zechariah. Zechariah 14 and verse 9. Let me repeat it. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. King Messiah. At last, at last, God the Lord will be king over all the earth. There will be one Lord and his name one. All the nations will come and worship the king. And for the first time ever, one crown will encompass the entire earth. Remember, there have been many attempts in history by megalomaniac leaders to try to conquer and rule the whole earth. In every case, even though they may have had some initial success or even occupied large swaths of territory, The fact is, they didn't conquer the whole earth, and whatever they did have was taken out of their hand in due time. 
this time we have a wonderful millennial reign, meaning no more corruption, no more crime, no more tyranny, autocracy, dictatorship, despotism, no more long-draining political campaigns like in the U.S., no more fighting immoral governments, no more royal commissions, for the former things are passing away, praise God. And in their place, it's God's kingdom, God's glorious, wonderful kingdom, where righteousness will finally find its true home. Now, our lesson for this time is entitled, Changes on the Earth. So what is our lesson for life? The lesson for life is that the promises of God and His coming kingdom mean that our best days are yet ahead. I might also add something else. When God's feet stand on this planet, the earth will literally move. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations, Education, and thank you for liking our page. You can also visit our homepage at tan.org.au to sign up for the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter, helping you to become future-ready through articles on the Bible, victorious living, and current events in the light of God's Word. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that when you come to this planet, things will move. And God, we look forward to the former things passing away and the newness and the eternality and the righteousness will take their place. How we look forward to this, and we praise you in the meantime, through Christ the King. Amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.